The Cleveland Browns, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, we're within seven days of an actual NFL regular season game. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Sunday. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Uh, bring uh, Coming back, guys. Look, a uh, good one here. Look, I, I always want to keep Jared involved because Jared is a supporter of mine. I'm a supporter of Jared's. Obviously, Jared, the former host of Locked On Browns. I am the current. But, guys, we've always been tight. We'll always be tight. Jared, what's going on, bud? What's up, man? Labor Day weekend. It feels like I've been just toasting all weekend long. So I took a nap and I just ate some dinner and I'm ready to talk. Our beloved Cleveland Browns. Yes. And um, guys, I appreciate all the support yesterday. And guys, for the show, the five-star reviews, the written reviews, everything. Absolutely fantastic. But I appreciate all the support. I don't know if there was a Cleveland Beat Writer barbecue yesterday as the waiver claims were going through. Maybe there was, because not many people were working yesterday. Um, me, I told Jared, my phone went dead three times, working every possible angle. And we, I was able to get to the first three cuts. I was able to predict, predict you the last two, but a very active day. We want to walk in, welcome in Carl Davis. Uh, I think Carl Davis, it, it's a no-nonsense guy. He was a guy who was really loved during this draft class. Been some injuries, and a team like Baltimore, very deep on defense. So for Carl Davis to sneak on through, that's a good get. Um, you know, for all you Caleb Brantley fans, sorry guys, uh, they went on with a more consistent player, a, a guy who's going to show up day in, day out, play in, play out, and give you everything he has. Uh, t- uh, Tanner Vallejo, very good special teamer. Um, how much he sees into a base defense, I'm not really sure we're going to see much of that, but a solid special teamer out of Boise State, he's going to be a good one. Um, Aaron Neary, it was kind of odd that they moved on from, uh, you know, uh, reader at the center position. I think we all felt he had stepped his game up. He is now a Kansas City Chief. But Aaron Neary, I know he graded very well in a lot of people's eyes this preseason, so he was brought into the fold. And I do want to thank my good friend, Andy Carlson. Uh, there's a lot of great Minnesota Viking words. Uh, reached out to Andy. Andy, I hate butchering a name, so how do I pronounce it? And it is Afadi. All right, Afadi Odenaibo. So, Afadi Odenaibo, welcome to the fold. Pass rusher out of Northwestern. For me, I love guys. Another Jersey boy here on the Cleveland Brown roster. Special, special talent. Uh, he was another guy. Look, Minnesota, when you go to an NFC championship game, you keep reloading year in, year out. It gets real, real hard to come up with a 53-man roster. And that's one guy who would, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of fell out of the nest there in Minnesota. And Tavira Thomas, uh, you know, cut by the Arizona Cardinals. Young guy, small school player. A lot, a lot of raw talent. He's going to be interesting. Uh, hopefully, maybe we get a chance to talk with him here in the next, you know, coming days, coming weeks. So there it is. Five in and five out. Carl Nassib off to Tampa. The financial planner in Carl Nassib. Smart move, getting yourself to Florida. No state income tax. Good job, Carl. <laughs> Way to make everybody look smart. Like I said, Mr. Reader's moved on. Jimmy Meter's moved on. Jeremiah McKinnon was cut, but is brought back to the practice squad. And Mr. Grace at linebacker. He was a guy, guys, I predicted it seemed odd. I would have kept B.J. Bellow. But Mr. Grace is now moved on. Jared, some thoughts about you know five in, five out, you know everything that went down yesterday. You know, a lot of really interesting names. One of the things that I, I'm trying to learn to do myself and as we kind of self-evaluate is try to make sure that I tamp down my expectations of other teams' trash. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you as you talk, the Ravens had a lot of depth in the middle of their defensive line. The Minnesota Vikings, obviously a great defense. So there are reasons players get cut that allow you to be a little bit excited. On the other hand, there are reasons players get cut, right? They're, they're not good enough to make a 53-man roster somewhere in the NFL. So last year is a great example. I remember how many of us, partially because of Richard Sherman's tweet, 
But just in general, we're like, Cason Williams, he's that perfect outside wide receiver. Uh, the Seahawks are pissed that he's gone. We we got a steal. You know, we're, we made the most of this. And where is he now? Right. And so I've, I have to start to self-scout a little bit about my desire to get excited about the new, even though that new is, and I don't mean to call anybody trash, but it is another team's trash. It is another team's 54th, 55th, 56th however down the line, numbered player. And so the fact that another team's non-53-man guy is one of our top 50, 48, those you know, kind of numbers, is a little bit telling. Obviously, most teams make claims. The New York Giants made seven, I believe. Yes. Uh, we made five. But I have to make sure that I do the best I can to tamp down my own expectations on players who couldn't make a roster. So when you look at Carl Davis... Yes, uh, he was the most claimed player yesterday. Four teams claimed him. Um, it brings up a lot of questions for me. He he basically is a, a great run stopper, but we traded away Danny Shelton. We got rid of Jamie Meter. We got rid of some guys who that's what they did well because what we we're being told is the Browns and Greg Williams wanted penetrators. Now, I'm not saying Carl Davis can't penetrate, but he's a big boy. He's, he's not going to be overly quick, six foot five, three twenty seven. So he's really going to take up a lot of room in the middle. Um, Pro Football Focus uh, said that last year that um, he had 13.4% run stoppage, which is 0.1% better than Danny Shelton and 0.3% worse than Jamie Meter. So um, while it's good to be excited about a player that four teams wanted, probably more and realize they weren't going to get him, I think we just have to be realistic about uh, how often is Greg Williams going to allow him to be in the game? Can he make an impact on first downs? Can he make an impact on goal line, uh, fourth down, short, those kind of things? Uh, but not expecting him to make a ton of tackles, really expecting him to eat up some offensive linemen to allow Larry Ogunjobi, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, Jernard Avery, Miles Garrett, those guys to make some plays. Uh, and then uh, with an Odin, yeah, however you pronounced his name, I'm really oh, good at that as well. So what's interesting about him is he's actually, at least according to his Wikipedia page and everybody, uh, he's actually graduated from, uh, so I'm in the Dayton area of Ohio, he actually graduated from Centerville, Ohio, which is just on the street about five miles from me. Um, and so uh, he's an interesting uh, player, six foot three, you know, in the 260s range. Uh, he is a part of the evolution of what the defensive tackle and inside three technique player is going to be because he's not the kind of size that you're used to. Uh, but he wasn't long enough, fast enough to play really true defensive end, most likely going to slide inside and going to be one of those quick penetrating defensive kind of tackle three technique guys. We'll see if he's able to put it all together now that he's kind of making that switch. He's someone who has me excited just because he is transitioning. So wasn't really going to make it maybe as that outside guy as that inside guy. Maybe he can make an impact. Uh, and then Tanner Vallejo, he was uh, claimed three times. So, again, it just tells you that they're valued. Special teams are important, right? It's a third of the game, everybody says. It's really not, but it's a <laughs> it's the third part of the game. Um, and so, you know, no Tank Carter. So this is, you know, a player that can, can make some impact. Everybody else, I don't really know what Aaron Neary is going to do or the cornerback is going to do or how long they'll even be on the roster. It is a little frustrating to see – um, the one cornerback that from a size perspective and speed perspective that stood out on the Browns, Simeon Thomas is gone, you know, six foot three, the Seahawks want him fits their old personnel. And we brought in another guy that's six foot, 200 pounds, right? So 
you know, I, I know every uh, GM has a type, but it's a little frustrating to not have some kind of diversity. Because, uh, again, if you go to camp or we're at preseason, uh, especially when you're field level, Simeon Thomas stood out. And so if you're going to develop someone who maybe is not going to make an impact, maybe not going to be active uh, on on game day, Simeon Thomas seems to be that guy. Unfortunately, they let him go, um, which frustrates me. I like to have those upside guys to maybe do something a little different, um, you know, whether that's down in the end, uh, red zone, uh, jump balls, whatever. It's good to have a six foot three dude who can run really fast. Um, I, well, Thomas will be the first one I'll go with. I think maybe that's one where maybe their hand got dealt to them. I think they were hoping they could sneak him into the practice squad. And look, if you said any team would have an interest in a guy like Simeon Thomas, if you ask me, first one would have been Seattle, like you mentioned. I mean, that's what they like. That's their prototype of cornerback. As far as putting in the five claims, I mean, we are dealing with a new general manager here who does seem to want to erase some of the past. So if he has a guy like Caleb, uh, a guy like Carl Davis, who he trusts as you know a, a guy who's going to do everything every step of the way, as opposed to a guy like Caleb Brantley, who you know has this mo of you know runs hot and runs cold. He understand the move. Um, and he ha- I think it was what thirty one of fifty three has been turned over. So you understand a lot when you have a new you know a new front office. So that's kind of where some of those moves come as well. You know Austin Airy, I mean Aaron Airy, that's a different one. I mean we're talking about our ninth offensive lineman. We're going to get to that in a little bit here. Because I'm not even sure he may end up being the backup center here with what we're hearing. But, guys, uh, we're joined here by Jared Mueller from the OBR uh, Orange Brown Report. Uh, guys, obviously, a lot of those guys have been on the show. They do a fantastic job over there. Uh, we always always stick up for each other because, you know, we, we know who's working. We know who's not working, guys. <laughs> uh, as far as, uh, you know, other things we're going get, to get into a little bit here, the offensive line, the quarterback situation, why maybe it's okay to rush an offensive lineman, but why maybe they're not going to rush a quarterback. But, guys, uh, since I've been taking over this show, everybody, you know, wants to ask, they, they want to ask for betting advice. One thing I cannot give you is who's absolutely going to win a game or who absolutely is going to lose a game. What I can give you is a solid place to place your wagers. MyBookie.com is that place. I don't wager a lot, but when I do, I use MyBookie.com. They've been good to me. The payouts are quick. There's never any problem with the app or whether it's with the, the online service. Everything goes through. Everything I've ever tried to do has gone through and gone through well. So that's why I'm going to recommend you to mybookie.com. You win, they pay. It is that simple. They offer, they have in-game live betting, the most re- rewarding player perks in the business. And for all the fantasy guys, you can actually bet over/under on fantasy players' points for a weekend. And that's sometimes just a fun bet to make. I mean, because a lot of guys play fantasy, so there's a fun way to, you know, obviously, you know, just enhance your fantasy experience as well. Uh, join now, uh, whatever you put down, whether it's 100, mybookie.com will match you the 100, so you can start with 200 off for the year. Uh, if you're a small guy, put down 25, 50 bucks or whatever to carry probably out through the entire year. So mybookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com, mybookie.com, use my promo code locked on. mybookie.com, you play, you win, you get paid. Now, Jared, now here's been the issue the last couple of days. I mean, we were all a little kind of frustrated about the way the offensive line was handled. You know, Joe Batonio, I think everyone to a man felt it was okay, and he could have been the left tackle when nobody was acquired. Look, there was only one. Nate Solder went to the New York Giants. It was not a strong left tackle class in the draft. They did not address it there. They could have just said, as the draft closed, Joe Batonio, we're going to make you our left tackle. It may be for a year. It could be for a couple of years. Look, this offensive line is yours now. The offensive line room is yours now. It's going to run from you. You be the leader. But they waited till later to do it. And now they might be flip-flopping again, Jared. And this is just a problem where I almost want to bring back the hashtag Hewless. 
because you're six days out of the opener and you're talking about maybe you're going to just scrap what you've done for the past five to six weeks and you're going to throw an undrafted left tackle. And look, we all agree he's got upside, but you're going to throw an undrafted left tackle out against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and I know um, you know Nathan Zagura and a lot of other people have tried to spin this in a way specifically. And, and I pulling. love Nathan to death, but there I is love a Nate problem. too. Yeah, there is a problem. I mean, the, the toughest part Nathan's got is somebody signs his check. So I mean, that's the toughest part for Nathan and the job he's got to do because you know it's not like we're at a bar and he's like, "Yo, you can't tell anybody what I'm talking about." I mean, there is a company line for what Nathan's got to do too. So it's a tough spot for him when he's interacting with everybody on social media. Absolutely. And, and putting out specific quotes, if you watch, if you watch, if you do the work, if you look, you see, you try to understand not just the words, you will see in the Hugh Jackson press conference, it is very clear that he is not sure. Um, he can say whatever he wants, but as he said it, it was very clear that they're processing some things. The only thing that would make sense, and I would say, okay, I get why you're tiptoeing around all of those kind of things is if there was a trade in the works, then I could say, Hey, that makes total sense how he presented it. He's not sure they're trying to figure some things out because there's a move maybe coming and he's just trying to kind of hedge his bets a little bit. All of that would have made a lot of sense. But when you watch his press conference, then they put Joel Batonio out there again, the Browns decide who's available to everybody on the, you know, that's out there on the beat uh, to interview. They put Joel Batonio out there today, and they decided that basically today. And so you have Joel Batonio out there looking frustrated, looking like I have, I don't really know what's happening. And so when you try to spin it from, oh, he's just saying that for competitive edge and all of those kind of things, when you, again, we can be body language experts all we want, normal human beings, I'm a mental health professional. It doesn't take that. You can watch these press conferences today and go, yeah, they're not sure. They haven't really decided. And it makes absolutely no sense to me when you take the left tackle position, maybe number two right on the offense, the number two most important position mm-hmm. on the offense right behind quarterback, right? You take that position and you say, hmm, maybe this dude that no one wanted to draft in 200 and some picks, maybe this guy maybe can make it. As a rookie, starting week one at the second most important position. And again, the key word is maybe, right? Not even, yeah, we definitely know maybe. But at the quarterback position, the number one, and obviously there is a gap between quarterback and left tackle. Nope. It is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Didn't matter what Baker Mayfield showed. But I think if we're very honest, Baker showed a heck of a lot more as a quarterback. And this is a guy who... For me, I always want quarterbacks to sit. Always. If I, if someone said, hey, should a quarterback sit the rookie year? I'd be like, yep, let's sit him. So, but Baker Mayfield showed a lot more as a quarterback than Desmond Harrison showed as a left tackle. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a future. But how do you sit so tightly to Tyrod Taylor is our guy? And then on the second most important position, you're like, oh, we had Betonio there for a few weeks and he was plan Z. There's no letter after Z, idiots. What are you doing? <laughs> like, right. Like, are we going to go into ZA, ZB? What the crap are we? You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially this late in the process. Listen, if we end with Joel Batonio at left tackle, Austin Corbett at left guard, and everything else lined up the way we expect it, fine, whatever. But Hugh Jackson has not presented in a way that shows that he's in control of the situation. 
Uh, Joel Batonio seems frustrated, at, at least at a minimum, by the situation. Dropped a, cur- dropped a couple of curses today. He did, absolutely. And so, again, what competitive advantage? Yes. Is Joel Batonio different than Desmond Harrison? Absolutely. Physically, they're different. Experience, they're different. All those kind of things. We're not talking about a significant difference from preparation standpoint. You're not talking about a, a, you know, a running quarterback versus a pocket passer. We're not talking about a power back versus a, a scat back. We're talking about a left tackle whose job is to run block, pass block. One's a rookie who's played left tackle and hits the prototypical size. The other is a veteran who's a stud at left guard and very good at left tackle who maybe doesn't hit prototypical size but can block freaking Miles Garrett in practice. Does a pretty good job against Miles freaking Garrett in practice. And yet we're going to throw all this stuff up in the air. There was zero point to it. Zero. You've been putting Joel Batonio at left tackle. Why is this? I mean, fine that it was a question. That should have been a question that was done and over with. Uh, We're going to start Batonio. That was easy. Why? Especially when you juxtapose it versus the quarterback, which they made it really clear not only is it Tyrod Taylor, it isn't going to be Baker Mayfield. Like, they don't want to start Baker Mayfield. Doesn't make any sense to me. Number one overall pick, undrafted dude, doesn't make a lot of sense. And so that's where you start to continue to have those concerns that Hugh Jackson is not in control. The players can see some of these things. And listen, the players like Hugh Jackson. But respect and liking someone, two different things. 100%. And, you know, as far as, you know, like, you know, hiding who your left tackle is, this isn't a, a, a wild card baseball game where, you know, you have a great lefty and a great righty and you're like, oh, well, I'm really going to fool them because they're not going to know until the last second. So, I mean, th- there's no advantage one way or the other of hiding it. And I'll tell you right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are saying, go ahead and play that undrafted rookie. Go for it because we are going to stunt and we are going to play every mind game possible on a guy who didn't even take a first team rep in the preseason. So look, even as much as you like Desmond Harrison, and it's fantastic if you stole a left tackle, if you get an undrafted free agent who plays left tackle for you for two, three, four, five years, that is an amazing job as a front office. It's a major coup. But you want to know what? Let's go with what we have now and give him a couple more weeks of practice. Get him in the in-season mode here now. And you want to know what? You play two games within like what? I mean, three games within like four. 13, 14 days, and then you have a 10-day layoff? And if Desmond Harrison is really that appealing, you know what? You give him those 10 days, and after you play the Jets on a Thursday night, you give him a little elbow Friday morning and say, look, next one, it's your time. But there is no reason to rush this, to even suggest that you want to rush it, is what gets everybody up in arms. Like me. That's what gets me up in arms. (laughs) Now, Baker Mayfield did take first-team reps this preseason. He, I mean, granted... He wasn't supposed to, but he did some against some against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, but you say you can't even get your backup quarterback ready to play, but you're going to throw a left tackle out there without any first team reps, and you wonder why us who cover this team get aggravated. It makes no damn sense. And, and as an organization, how do you think John Dorsey? Maybe again, how do you think John Dorsey feels? Because what is being told then? is that the number 33 overall pick isn't as good as your undrafted free agent. Number 30 freaking three 
is not as good as your undrafted free agent. And look, I get it. If you made a mistake, you made a mistake. It's great that you get over it quickly. And, this and isn't you make a knock on Austin Corbett, though. I mean, each week right. he's played a little better, a little bit more better. I understand he's an interior guy. Look, as far as him being left tackle, that it, we're all pretty much sure that equation is off the table. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it, it's talking about, and one of the things that people are almost raving about is look how much turnover the Browns had. Of course, they had an 0 16 team. When you look at teams like the Steelers and all kinds of other teams, if you actually look at their draft classes after two, three, and four years, you'll see that one or two players are really making impact early. One or two, and then over time, those players become the solid backups. Every once in a while, you get those breakout players. The problem for the Browns has been the consistent turnover. Guess what? John Dorsey wants his guys. Sashi Brown wants his guys. Ray Farmer wants his guys. I don't care, but that constant turnover doesn't allow players to develop. And so I think the constant turnover on the offensive line, which, um, again, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an offensive line expert. Like, that wouldn't be a place. Like, I study them. I look at them. I try to understand them. But from the line as a whole, I wouldn't say that's a strength of mine. But you listen to people who do, and they'll talk about gelling. They'll talk about consistency. They'll talk about knowing where your teammate is going to be. How the heck are they supposed to do that? If you go from in a training camp, not all offseason, in a training camp, we've had Sean Coleman, Austin Corbett, Joel Batonio, and possibly now Desmond Harrison as your left tackle, a mixture of whoever's been at your left guard position. Kevin Zeitler's been out, so the guy that replaced him, Spencer Drango, oh, he's gone. So Zeitler's there, but if something happens to him again, you've got all this mix-up going on in a position that really smart people will tell you. They need to gel. They need to understand each other. They need to be able to feel each other and know what the other person is going to do. Desmond Harrison is going to be thinking so much while TJ Watt, who I don't even think is that good, is going to run right past him and destroy Tyrod Taylor. And we're going to get to see Baker Mayfield, not because Tyrod's not playing well, but because Desmond Harrison had no clue how to match up against a really veteran, a defense who for years has been doing what they do. And they played a little trick and Tyrod Taylor is down, right? Just doesn't make any sense to me. And again, it feels like trying to do too much. Yes, again, it'd be great to have a steal at left tackle. But guess what? Joel Batonio's contract, if he's a starting level left tackle in the NFL, is a steal of a contract for a player who we know is good at the NFL level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't know I was this fired up tonight. Hey, thanks. Good job. See, well, it's Monday. Look, the long weekend. I mean, you it's weird when you have a Monday off and you sit around the house all day because I can't tell you the last time I've been home on a Monday and I even right. forgot it was Monday about 12 times. Guys, Jared <laughs> Mueller here from the OBR. Uh, we got into the nonsense of the offensive line talk. I, I'm not sure where this is truly headed, but let's just hope they're not going to make a colossal mistake like this going into, you know, an opponent like Pittsburgh. Guys, Locked On College is up and launched. I do want to announce this one. Uh, guys, Locked On uh, Knowles. Uh, Obviously, yeah, as everybody knows, I'm a big-time Florida State fan. Uh, a good friend of mine, Wayne McGay, he, he is my favorite Florida State beat writer. Does a fantastic job. I mean, he is out covering a softball game on a Sunday afternoon, baseball all weekend long, soccer, whatever. Wayne McGay, he's going to take over Lockdown Knowles. Does a fantastic job. But any other school you're interested in, check out Lockdown College up and running. And uh, obviously, I'll be getting to my Knowles here a little bit shortly this evening. But uh, Lockdown College, guys, check everything out over there. Uh, Jared, just give me some closing thoughts here before we, uh, you know, I mean, it is Pittsburgh week, so uh, give me some thoughts here about what what are you thinking going into this game Sunday? You know, I think this this game has every makings of the proverbial heartbreak or 
you know, honeymoon phase almost. It's, it's going to be either one. I don't see this being a blowout where the Browns are just, they looked outmatched. I think there's too much talent. Um, as we've talked before, um, you kind of got to make things idiot proof with the coaching staff. I think they've done a decent job of that, at least kind of in that first level, um, you know, offensive line, talent, uh quarterback defense all kind of around i think they've made it idiot proof i think there is some obviously concerns on depth i'm just going to assume they're going to have a decent offensive line and they're going to figure that out and make good decisions i just don't see this being a blowout i think antonio brown again no one matches up well with him but i think the browns have enough versatility whether uh that's with denzel ward whether that's terrence mitchell carry hasn't had a good offseason but i think he's a better game player uh than anything else demarius randall julius uh jabril peppers I just think the defense, again, no one matches up great with Antonio Brown. But when you don't have Le'Veon Bell, listen, James Conner is a great story out of Pitt, um, everything he's been through, and I think he can be a very a good player. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Uh, their offensive line has some really interesting players um, that I think are going to make that pass rush uh, really a challenge. But I think overall, the offense without Le'Veon Bell is basically Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball around a lot. And if we can get a pass rush, Jannard Avery being healthy is bigger than probably anybody in the beat is ever going to talk about, right? They're going to talk about Josh Gordon being back and exciting and even set the valve because they're offensive players. Well, they're just, the beat's just going to learn about Jannard Avery. That's the best part here. Some of us may already know, but the beat, (laughs) oh my God, this kid out of Memphis. Where did he come from? I thought he was just a linebacker. Uh, (laughs) How did he get two sacks on Ben Roethlisberger and knock him out of the game? So I'm really excited about that. I think the game is either going to be one of those close-knit games where the Browns figure out how to lose, um, and maybe Jarvis Landry punches somebody, um, or it's going to be one of those things where people look past any of the problems and people are going to call me a hater and all kinds of stuff because my natural inclination is if the Browns lose, I look for the good. It's just my nature. And if the Browns win, I'm looking at what they can improve because I care about this team so much. And so um, either people are going to be sky high, the Browns are going to get to the playoffs, or the, the it's going to be LOL Browns across the board. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, I think Cameron Hayward uh, is and Stefan Tuitt are really going to wreak havoc up front. Um, I don't know if Todd Haley, and I'm going to be writing about this uh, this week, I don't know if Todd Haley is going to be able to get out of his own way. The guy falls in love with throwing the ball as much as Hugh Jackson does, um, whether that's third and two, whether that's the red zone, whatever it is. He just, Especially keeping in mind who the opponent is. Keeping in mind who the opponent is, right. So does he stick to kind of his, his ways, which tends to be really creative, you know, fourth and one, and they, they run, uh, you know, a sweep. Uh, that really gets nowhere or does he try to get overly creative and try to break some of his own tendencies that's going to be really interesting as the game goes on but I think it's going to be a really interesting game I think the Browns can pull it out I think Le'Veon Bell is that important not just from a talent perspective but from a what do you have to plan for perspective you don't plan for James Conner right he might get some he might get 70 80 yards Uh, he might have two or three catches but he is not the guy you plan for. Now you just plan for Brown. You plan a little bit for Juju. You wonder if Vance McDonald can make any plays, and you go on your way. And so I feel like it's going to be a really important game for the Browns to develop confidence, or we are just going to be feeling like we're stuck with the same old Browns. Uh, we're going to have clock management issues, timeout issues, uh, poor choices, all kinds of stuff, and I'm going to be frustrated. It's going to be one or the other. We're going to be really high or we're going to be really, really low. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. 
<laughs> and you bring up a great point as far as Le'Veon Bell. Um, what you need to do regardless is you're going to need to shorten the game. They need to be able to successfully run the ball. And this is what, you know, obviously, you know, Jared was alluding to in me. Look, there's no reason this ball needs to be in the air more than 30 times. Because if there is no Le'Veon Bell, last thing you want to do is challenge Ben Roethlisberger to a shootout with the weapons that he's got. Ben's been doing it far, far too long. You're going to get yourself into a spot where they can hang 40 on you. And look, until we can see this Cleveland Browns offense score 30, we're not going to believe it. So you can end up, you know, 40-20 on the wrong side of a game like that. But guys, always a pleasure having Jared Mueller, former host of Locked On Browns, joining me, current host of Locked On Browns. Guys, Jared and the guys over at the OBR, follow Jared Mueller, follow the guys over the RBR. They do fantastic, fantastic work. Glad to call these guys friends of mine. Follow Locked On Browns, the account. You guys are so fantastic at doing everything you do. Please keep rating. Keep, uh, you know, leave, leave the written reviews. I appreciate everything you guys do for me. Follow the personal account, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, a bunch of stuff coming this week. Actually, going to hang up with Jared here. Going to record another one a little bit. We're going to keep you guys going all week long. Until we talk next, guys, let's go Browns.